From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains Live. Well, the Senate has passed the Inflation Reduction Act. More spending of money we don't have, more taxes, and of course, more IRS agents to collect them. They say this bill is going to cut inflation. They say it's only going to tax those making $400,000 or more. And they say this bill is going to make a difference to the climate. Joel Griffith is a research fellow here at the Heritage Foundation. And on this episode of Heritage Explains Live, he breaks it down for us. Okay, we are live, Joel we are live, and while, and while you were, and this is Heritage Explains Live, by the way, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll let you get set, get your coffee, get into the, the swing of things here as we do this. But to uh, start us off, over the weekend, Joel, while we were enjoying, you know, what you do on the weekend, you go to church, do barbecue, you boat, maybe go on road trips. A lot of this is more expensive because of inflation caused by Washington, D.C. The Senate... Well, they were in, and they do what they're famous for doing, which is spending $1 trillion of money, almost $1 trillion of money, that we really don't have, all the while raising taxes on you and me both. The bill they passed is the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. I think it should really be called the Inflation Recession Act, Joel, because you know after we crunched the numbers, well, you and your team crunched the numbers, and actually read what was in the bill, unlike the senators who voted for it, for the most part, we now know it's anything but that. And we know everyone is feeling the heat of Biden's reckless policies. And Joel, like the famous David Bowie song says, we're putting out fire with gasoline. This bill is a big deal. So Joel, thank you for being here, folks. This is Joel Griffith. He's a frequent guest on Heritage Explains and Heritage Explains Live. He's also a research fellow here, crunches the numbers. He does a lot of the analysis that we do with the great team that has been working nonstop this weekend, tracking what they've been doing. So Joel, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah, it's a big one. So I just kind of wanted to, to start us out, it, it, and it thinks that it's, it's a negative that we're starting out on, but there's been some, um, some, some really some lies told about this bill. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act. So I'm going to go line by line here, and I want you to correct the record for us, Joel. And by the way, folks, if you've got questions, we want to get to those. So if you were hearing about it as you went inside to you know, get some more hamburger buns or whatever, but you, you didn't fully understand what was going on, that's what this is for. We're doing a recap, we're doing a roundup, and we're setting a vision for what the path forward looks like. So please get your questions in. We will answer them live. And of course, we always appreciate that here on Heritage Explains Live. You do drive the content of this. So thank you again. Joel, they say this bill is going to cut inflation. You say what? Well, that's a flat out lie. And in fact, even Senator Manchin, who was the one who made all of this possible, even his favorite budget analytics outfit, which is University of Pennsylvania, has said in the short term, this is actually going to exacerbate inflation. And that's common sense, right? This yeah. is a program filled with new spending. 
And that is uh, going to push up inflation once again in the very areas that matter to us most, particularly in the energy sector. Yeah. Now, okay, and that dovetails with, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money. Um, but typically, in order to spend money, you either got to print it or you got to raise taxes and take it from us. So they say this bill is only going to tax those making $400,000 or more. You say what? Well, that's also a flat out lie. Yeah. And, and here's why. There's two big components to the tax hiking part of this bill. And, and let's be clear, this is a huge tax hike. We're talking about possibly $400 billion of tax hikes over the next um, decade or so. This is the biggest recession tax hike since 1929, which I don't think any of us are really alive for that. That was the Great Depression era. Yeah. So during a recession, we're increasing taxes by hundreds of billions of dollars, and it is an outright lie that it's only going to impact the wealthy. In fact, this will hire about 80,000 tax agents Jeez. to harass not just the wealthy, but it's going to disproportionately harass the middle class and small businesses. And there's also a business tax hike that every bit of economic research shows that when you hike taxes on businesses, even if you're saying it's just big businesses, it's going to harm workers. And it's going to harm consumers. They send that to you and me. And, and again, um, if we can link to this, Phil, Phil so, uh, Johnny on the spot there, we have this awesome chart, who will pay the taxes in the Inflation Reduction Act. And it is clear as a bell uh, that, that this is going to everyone. This is not something that is, you know, just for the quote unquote wealthy people. This is going to hurt us all. If he can post that, Phil, that'd be great. If not, we'll link to it, folks. So so please look for uh, look in the chat there and you can see it. Yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry. Yeah, and I think the big highlight on uh, the chart that you're going to post is that if you're earning between fifty dollars and $75,000 per year, yeah. the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is bipartisan in the Senate, estimates that's going to hit you to the tune of $2,000 annually in tax hikes. If you're earning between fifty dollars and $75,000 a year, and that's just insult to injury, because you've already seen a $2,500 pay cut annually because of inflation. Wow. Yeah, folks, we're taking your questions live. Send them in the chat if you're there, if you're out there and you're, you, uh, you want to know a little bit about more of what's going on. We're open for that. Joel, you mentioned earlier, and we're going to talk about the IRS thing because that to me is, is as egregious as raising taxes on people. This is, this is a huge expansion. But I wanted to talk about the third uh, what kind of the third lie that we've been hearing, which is this bill is going to make a difference to the climate. <laughs> you know, this green energy thing. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, this bill um, hopes to reduce carbon emissions by 40% okay. over the next uh, 20 years. Well, right. number one, even if you're using the, the pessimistic estimates from the United Nations Climate Group, yep. if we were to eliminate all carbon emissions in the United States, it would have a 0.5 two degree impact on global climate. That's number one. Num number two, what this really is, it's just furthering the climate cartel. It's furthering cronyism. I'll, there are a handful of businesses that are going to make a lot. We're talking billions of dollars. Think about this. One of the biggest components of this is a $7,500 tax credit oh, for electric geez. vehicles. And a tax credit, that's dollar for dollar. You're gonna get $7,500 off that car. Well, who's that gonna benefit? Mostly higher income earners who want a cool electric vehicle. Well, electric vehicles, what average uh, of seventy grand or something like right. that? I mean, even with uh, a tax credit, that's that's still way and, too expensive. Oh, and that's going to go into the pockets too of the shareholders of a select few companies. Look at how Tesla has ramped up by market value by hundreds of billions of dollars in the last few weeks leading up to this. Wow, is benefiting a a handful of special interests, and it's harming. The rest of Americans, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars in tax credits for that. Yeah. We're talking about billions of dollars 
that are going to help manufacturers of clean appliances. Mm. Uh, it, big part of this too is clean agriculture, which is going to drive up food costs. Oh, A small handful of people in the climate cartel benefit, and all of us are going to pay for it. Wow. Uh, this is, I mean, it, and I'm, I'm thinking about this now, and I'm thinking about some of our adversaries. You know, China, they are, uh, what, they're opening up coal power plants in order to accommodate the economic growth that they hope is going to happen. We're closing them down. And Joe Manchin's yes. West Virginia, through this, we're going we're gonna to incentivize closing those down to open up uh, uh, energy production that may definitely doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah, and sadly, this bill does nothing to stop the war on energy. It mm -hmm. actually continues it and advances it because buried in this package as well is a provision that will increase the royalties that offshore energy producers have to pay to the government. Why? Why would we do this at a time where we're still experiencing the impacts of energy inflation and the war on energy? This is going to only make matters worse, not just for the next year or two, but long term. Well, I think it's 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 really um, a telling sign of putting agenda over what is needed. We know how tough things are. We see it all over in the chat. People, people are hurting right now with this uh, down economy, with this inflation. And again, like we said, we're just tossing gas on that fire. And one of those things, kind of just like a little bit of a, a poke like that, Joel is this hiring of, what, 87,000 IRS agents. And, and the, the left says that, well, we, we gotta, we're, we're, we're leaving money on the table. You know, we don't have enough enforcement to get the money that's owed. Therefore, we need to spend a little money to make a little money. And really what they mean is, is they want to hire new agents to go after people to tax them more, basically. Essentially, yeah. that's what it is. So 87,000, you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so number one, that's just that's a big number, right? Think about your, <laughs> your favorite sports team. Yeah. For me, Ohio State Buckeyes. That would mean the entire horseshoe just about being filled with yeah. new IRS agents that are going to harass small businesses, sole, sole proprietors, yeah. middle-class Americans. Think about this. For every person we have in the Border Patrol trying to protect our country, there's going to be up to five new IRS agents hired to go after small business individuals. And I know people like to say that support this. They say, well, if you're paying your taxes, don't worry about it. Well, how many of them have gone through an audit? You know, even if you are paying your taxes, if you get audited, you are going to be spending at the minimum, typically fifteen to twenty thousand dollars just to protect yourself. And guess what? Even if you are honest and following your taxes. You don't get a refund for that $20,000 in audit fees, number one. But number two, all the research shows that those in the middle class are far more likely to be audited by these new agents than somebody who is wealthy. And if you're wealthy, you're likely already, you already have accountants, you already have lawyers that have protected yourself. These are the people who are least able to afford it. And second of all, I want to point out too, it's sole proprietors that are going to be hit the hardest in terms of increased chance of auditing. And sole proprietors are the least likely to have the financial resources to defend themselves. That's who we're going to be harassing now yeah. over the next decade. Yeah, it says, uh, as, as some of our experts have, have, uh, have dug up here, 87,000 new agents, 1.2 million new audits, 800,000 new tax liens. Half of the audits will hit the middle class. That's a big deal. Yeah. And we know from the past that these agents have an utter lack of accountability. We know from the Obama era that IRS agents have often become political agents and political pawns. Think about Lois Lerner, who I think got to retire with a full pension. We saw harassment of people based right. on political ideology. Right, yeah. 
Well, Joel, we've been uh, we've been tracking this thing all weekend, and again, this is something that that you know why why do this on a Sunday? Why do this on a Sunday? Why do this? Well, because it can't be a popular thing happening right now. I'm wondering what the calculation is. You know, what do they do? They think this is going to grow the economy. Is this going to help people? I can't imagine that's what it is, Joel. I mean, this is really a um, a, a, a confounded thing. You know, what in tarnation is going on here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Tell me just a little bit more um, um, uh, it, it was what we can look for here. This goes to the House now. So it's from the, we passed the Senate. Now it's going to the House. Now it goes to the House. It's it's likely to pass, okay. absent to some of the Democrat votes actually switching sides. And you brought up a great point, a great question. Why would politicians support this if they know this is going to harm American businesses and American right. families? Well, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a good answer to that. Uh, number one, when you talk about controlling the energy sector, that is the best way in which to control an economy. Everything we do depends on energy, whether it's manufacturing, living our lives, all that depends on that. That's the best way to centralize power and centralize control. Number two, look at who is being benefited by this. It's a handful of very powerful business interests. We already talked about the energy side, but also, too, on the extension of the Obamacare subsidies, wow, which is going yep. to uh, extend this by several years. Well, who benefits from that? Big insurers. You would have thought that the big insurers would have been against Obamacare, right? Well, look at the stock prices over the last 10, 15 years. They have done extraordinarily well because they're profiting off of all these subsidies. Yeah. They've, they've done well, and we've also paid more. I mean, yes, we know we that have. Obamacare made us pay yep. more. So, uh, I mean, we, we can't trust them for making something better. You know, they said we we're going to pay less under Obamacare. We're paying more. I can't imagine this is going to be uh, any different. We have a user on YouTube, take our tax dollars to investigate our tax dollars. <laughs> How about a nonprofit oversight committee? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, there needs to definitely be oversight here, man. <laughs> there needs to be, um, yeah. but there's not going to be. This is going to remain, IRS is going to remain one of the, if not the least accountable federal agency. Yeah. Joel, take, just take us through, I mean, so we're, now we had our second consecutive quarter of negative growth. Uh, for all intent and purposes, this is a recession. We're, we're doing this. Talk just a little bit more about what this bill means while we are in a recession. It's one thing to say you're raising taxes during a recession, but what does that mean? Uh, well, this I, I, let's go back to one of the tax components on this. Yeah. Um, we see an alternative minimum tax being placed on businesses, and that sounds really obscure. Mm -hmm. And the argument is, well, there's some businesses paying zero tax, even they're making a profit. Well, what this does is is going to discourage businesses from making new investments. Right now, if you're a business, let's say you buy a new piece of equipment or you build a new a new building or you buy new vehicles, you're able to count that as a current, in many cases, kind of a current year expense. You don't have to pay, so you get to see a tax reduction based on the amount of money you're plowing into your business. Right. Well, this would actually no longer allow many businesses that deduction, meaning that's going to discourage them from making new investments. If you discourage businesses from making new investments, well, that means... There's going to be fewer opportunities for new people to join that company hmm. to make them successful. Hmm. To do that in the middle of a recession, and whether we want to admit it or not, when you have the economy shrinking, that's a recession. We're in the middle of it right now. That's a deterrent to growth. Yeah. Same thing goes uh, when we're talking about uh, 
research and development on the drug side. Sure. Well, when you put price controls on medication, which is what this legislation does as well, that's going to discourage new development. That doesn't mean that that means not only are we going to have fewer health treatment options in the future, yeah. that also means fewer people employed and actually doing the research and development. Yeah. So it's a slap in the face to businesses. And at the same time, it increases spending which will drive up inflation. Yeah, I think about it. In factory, you know, factories in Arizona, big manufacturing base there where uh, Senator Cinema is, you know, somebody has a machine that's, that's kind of on its last leg and uh, they were thinking about, you know, investing in new equipment to get it and yeah. they'd have that tax, that expensing that they would do with that. Now they don't have that. You think that they're going to be more productive or less productive, which goes to the growth element of this thing. And, and let's talk about the on the energy side as well, with this legislation shifting hundreds of billions of dollars into these inefficient green energy programs. Well, that's capital that would have been invested elsewhere in something right. more productive, perhaps exactly. more affordable natural gas or oil. Yeah. That's diverted capital. It's not the harm is not just in the spending itself. The harm too is in the capital being employed in less productive um, mechanisms. Folks, we are live here on Getter. We have a great, uh, great question because this goes through my head every time something like this happens. It's what, 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 what do we do? What do we do? It's happening. This person says, "Can a new Congress undo this?" A new Congress theoretically could undo this. Right. But a new Congress, even if it's fiscally conservative, even if it's pro-economic freedom, with a president who has as his agenda not just implementing this, but he wants a full-on Green New Deal. He's nice. bemoaning the compromise, the so-called compromises in this package. Uh, there's not much, uh, I'm not hopeful that much will be done in a new Congress without a new president. Now, on the plus side, what a new Congress could do would be to block even more dangerous um, proposals from going into law. And I think there's a very real threat that a Congress that's even more to the left would enact even more radical policies in the coming years. Hmm. Well, Joel, I have to imagine that uh, we will be paying more for this because we will have to, and evidently, we're, uh, have to print money for this. We will have to, and that's going to be dumped into the economy and that's going to exacerbate inflation. I, uh, correct? I mean, that's that's inevitably going to happen. Well, that, and that's the primary cause of yeah. the inflation that we're experiencing now is the $6 trillion plus that was printed over the past year that is now flowing through the economy. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, a lot happened over this weekend. And Joel, I, I just wanted to thank you. I know you and the team, Mike, gosh, you've been going all over. Mike Howell, uh, Preston, all, everybody there has been, and all the names I'm forgetting right now, I'm sorry, because you guys have just been working so hard on, on this, analyzing. I mean, it's a lot to do. You get a 700, 800-page bill that nobody's reading, you got to get through it. And uh, when you start to see the consequences, it's real. It really is. Families are going to feel this, both with the taxes, audit threats, higher costs, less affordable energy. It's like we're doubling down on so much yeah. of the bad policies that have been put in place the last few years. Well, it is always so good to have you here. And folks, thank you so much for watching. We're just going to keep doing this. You know, we turn the cameras on. We ask the questions when things are happening, when they're breaking. We want to make sure that you are up to date on it as much as possible, as well as with solid policy solutions. That's what we do here at the Heritage Foundation. And that's what we try and do in Heritage Explains Life. So, Joel, thank you so much for being here. It's always great. And, and folks, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for watching. And we'll catch you next time.
Thank you so much for listening to Heritage Explains Live. Let us know what you thought of the conversation. There's a lot there, so please log on to the show notes. Log on to heritage.org. We've got all the analysis you need there ready for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.